Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's New Stand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November 4th, 2022. Hopefully you're having a good one. Hopefully you're starting the month off well. Hopefully you had a great October. Um, mine was, you know, you, you've, 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 you've listened to it. You've heard the play-by-play week to week. Um, it was good. We are now, you know, top of the, the next one, you know, November. Um, let's see. Let's see. I did catch some dubs. I actually got a little promotion at work. Uh, we did my um, review this week. It was nice. It went well. My uh, supervisor, he tells me that my only big problem, he's always told me this is like my Achilles heel, haunted me my entire career at my job. Uh, I have terrible attendance. And uh, that's on purpose. Now, sometimes I will get sick, and the way our attendance policy is, as long as you have PTO, you call in, you're fine, you're good to go. But um, naturally, it's going to affect you on your you know, evaluations. So that's a bit of a bummer. But overall, I got a good evaluation. I think kind of technically it's one of my better ones, but maybe like best. So I'm happy about that. But, you know, granted, we've talked about inflation. Um, so, I mean, really... Even if I was making a wage that was, I don't know, quote unquote good, if I was in my 20s, which, you know, hey, there you go, <laughs> a little, little salary slip there, I'm not there, um, I would still be struggling. I'd still be behind. So um, I'm kind of like, fuck it, it's whatever. Uh, I'm always working anyway. I'm always grinding. I'm not saying that like in a cool way, but just saying it like in a factual way, like we're all going to die <laughs> one day. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been solid. Let's see. I've been sick though. I think that's the, the bitter part of it. I caught like a cold and this is like my second cold in two months. So you know what that means? Nature is healing because if all the little viruses and stuff are out and about and getting everybody and I'm getting it like double time, um, you know, we are really back to normal because <laughs> I was I was talking about this earlier to a friend, and, and you know, th- th- please don't come for me on this. This is just my my thoughts and feelings. I will say, and I, I don't mean this like, oh, I want to go back to 2020. I just remember 2020 being a highlight in a weird way because everyone was scared. I was scared. So much shit was changing. We were like, you know, practically locked up in our house, quote unquote. We had the quarantine, you know, for a month or so. That was wild. But I just remember that being, like, my healthiest year. Like, I I don't know. Like, with all the masking, with all the isolation, social distancing, um, things were just really nice for my immune system. Like, no one was touching me. And that was really cool. I think I got sick, like, one time. Uh, But then I noticed 2021, you know, we were, you know, back at it. Everyone was way more out. I think I got maybe, like, two colds or so did catch uh covid that was gross um and then this year it's just been more or less back there i'm saying now i'm at like three colds i caught at least covid another time i mean shit (laughs) so it hasn't been fun hasn't been great on me physically but i sound and feel a lot better than i did the patreon episode so that's good yay uh sadly not too much to report on the food corner i tried to make this like a bagged pork ramen i got from kroger and like add some stuff to it 
I was so disappointed because literally they gave me like half a baseball size of ramen in this like big broth. And I was like, that's not enough. Like, so I tried to add a pack of like ramen noodles, like, like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, little package ones. It wasn't top ramen, but it was like a similar type of thing. Um, and it was just, then it became too much noodles and, uh, it was just a big old mess, but I added some bacon. There was pork in there. Um, it was, it was okay. I don't know. Not my favorite thing, but I mean, it really kind of didn't matter being that I'm sick. Uh, yeah, we've been on a lot of like broth soup patrol kind of thing this week. But, um, let's see. That's, that's more or less wrapping up the personal stuff. We can kind of get into the news. Um, let's see. You know, we usually start with Ukraine and Russia. I, um... I've covered a little bit of this before when we were talking about yum brands moving out like the McDonald's. Um, I don't know necessarily if Starbucks is a yum brand, but they also moved out. Both were replaced uh, tasty period. And then uh Zarbucks respect respectively. So it turns out that the next one out the door is a uh, KFC uh, KFC. And I got this from the insider. KFC is about to disappear in Russia as its new owners rebrand all 1,000 stores as Rostics, reports say. So, you know, like I said earlier, this kind of follows a trend. Um, essentially, it's it's not worth it for them to be there anymore. So all of the employees that are currently, you know, at KFC are just going to become Rostics employees. Um, let's see what else I wanted to kind of add here. If I can dig... Um, yeah, let's see. The Venezuelan migrant Rostislav, Rodislav Ordoski Tanoski Blanco, nicknamed Rostik, founded Rostics, and its first store opened in Moscow in 1993, according to local media outlet Business District. It rivaled American fast food stores until 2006, per report. So... You know, that's the new Boston Chars. That's the new chicken. I hopefully can maybe get the chance to see. Maybe if, like, one of the, like, YouTubers I watch. Or VTubers, I guess you should say. Whatever. Um, maybe they might do some coverage on that. Maybe I can see some food. But who knows? I know Russia's going... Right, in terms of, like, I don't know, information. I feel like information is kind of moving. I I've definitely feel like I hear enough things. Um, so... I was able to see what the tasty period looked like, and I've been able to see Zarbucks, so hopefully I can see this. So I can hopefully maybe see if there's an update of whether or not it looks good or not. I mean, obviously, they are working with the supplies that they have, and then there's turnover, and then they kind of replace uh, what they were getting with, like, merchants they can get. Um, sometimes they get a newer menu in terms of, like, new stuff. A lot of times they lose a lot, but, yeah. Um, starting off light. Now we're going to get into the heavier stuff. Uh, I got this from BBC News. Ukraine war. Power and water supply hit across Ukraine in massive Russian missile strikes. So there were, I believe, 50 that hit. And there were like 44 missiles that um, were shot down by the Ukrainian um, like military air defense. So, but essentially this... This stems from a strike that took place in the Crimean Sea. Um, 
let's see, it was a drone strike from Ukraine on its Black Sea fleet. And, you know, this led to Russia saying, all right, we're going to hit y'all up. And they just more or less started aiming, once again, like civilian areas. They aimed at energy, you know, water, like facilities. And I mean, I think what is they said in in Kiev, 40% of its residents are without water. Um, And 270,000 apartments have no electricity. So, I mean, that, that's a big blow. I mean, we're in November. It's The weather's been oddly nicer. I mean, it, we had a little bit of a cold spell, but it's kind of been nicer. But in Ukraine, you know, not so much. Like, their winter is getting in. It's settling in. And, um, you know, that's a scary thing when you don't have electricity, when you don't have water. Like, that that's hell on the people who live there. And, you know, Russia is doing this shit on purpose. They know exactly what they're doing. And, um, you know, obviously it's a shame that this tit for tat kind of energy is continuing because it's not a tit for tat. You know, this is Ukraine trying to reclaim their territory. And in response to that, you know, Russia is just bombing and hitting, you know, places that are just super integral to these people to survive, make it to the next year. Um... Let's see, what else did I want to add here from the last Ukraine, Russia bit? Um, also, I, this isn't in the article, but from what I'm kind of hearing, like, you know, listening to the BBC podcast, like Global News stuff, it does kind of seem that uh, maybe like a big altercation of sorts battle is going to take place in Kherson. It seems to be like kind of the last big area that is being held firmly by Russia, you can say. I mean, they still have control of Zaporizhia, um, the nuclear facility, which I heard went without power. Again, they're running on diesel again, so that's scary. But, um... Gosh, the last train of thought. My brain is clicking off. Um, but essentially, from what I've been hearing from the situation in Hassan... They've been, Russia has been warning civilians of like, oh my gosh, there's going to be like a dirty bomb thing. There's going to be a situation where there's going to be a lot of violence and death and you guys got to get out of here. And they're using that as provocation to, you know, more or less clear streets and have people, you know, shipped off to Russia um, and more or less fortifying the area, more or less getting it ready for what's to come. And, I mean, that puts Ukraine in a very sticky situation because they want to take back the area, but you don't want to be fighting house to house, street to street, you know, leveling the area to get it back. Um, Whereas Russia, they're like, yeah, we're going to hold this down. We want to make you have to fight for it, but they don't really care at the end of the day. This isn't their land. They know it. This is land they've taken. So these are all developments I imagine are going to start unfolding and maybe we'll have more news on it. But uh, that was more or less what I had for those two things. Like I said, there's one more. Um, got this from Reuters. Exclusive. Russia seeks sanctions sanctions exemptions for state bank in Ukraine deal talks, Russia says. A Ukraine grain deal talks. Sources. Let me reread that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Exclusive. Russia seeks sanctions exemptions for state bank and Ukraine grain deal talks. Sources. 
that's better, but it's still a weird sentence to say for a headline. But thank you, Reuters. Um, now, essentially, I, I got this was this is kind of like the hottest one off the press, I should say, from you know, you know, it's today. But Russia had broken off from the grain deal that was set to allow Ukraine to ship out um, grain, and then also for I believe fertilizer to be like shipped out as well. So this is a win-win for both sides for Russia and Ukraine, but with, you know, the black sea shit with the black sea fleet, uh, Russia like pulled out. They were like, no way. This isn't cool. We're not okay with this. Fuck y'all. We ain't, we ain't cooperating. And they said, you're on your own, which is like really scary because essentially they're saying, well, maybe we might fuck with y'all, you know, and none of this grain gets anywhere. But, um, President of Turkey, um, Erdogan, I'm, I don't know his full name at the ready right now, but essentially, you know, he mediated and he's saying like, hey, this, this deal is going to still keep going. We're going to keep grain going. Um, and Russia did come back to the table, but they are saying that this is some stipulations that they need. And essentially they want more, they want to, it sounds like from what I'm gleaning from this article that they want a a loosening of the sanctions in this regard, at least in terms of uh, the fertilizer and I think the grain on their end. So that way they're not being hit as hard and they're making a little bit more money on it. Now, it seems like on paper, you know, the West is not saying like, oh, we're okay with that, so we want, but they are saying like, hey, we do want this deal to go through. We do want this grain shipment to work. We don't want to infringe on food on either side. So it looks like maybe the banks might be allowed to kind of get in and make something work so that Russia isn't getting hit as hard and therefore they're happy. Um, Once again, this is kind of what I'm gleaning from the article. But um, yeah, definitely a a development I wanted to cover. Um, Let me get a drink of water real quick. My throat is already dry. Oh boy. Okay. Whew. Um, got this from Yahoo News and the Associated Press. Netanyahu set to return to power in Israel after Prime Minister concedes. So, uh, the BB is back. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is um, he is back and more more nationalist. He's he's writer than ever. <laughs> Um, I shouldn't be laughing. It's very stressful. It's very upsetting to hear this shit, honestly. Especially as I get into it. Um, but, um, his Luke, 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 I can't pronounce this. I'm sorry. Likud party. Um, and it's ultra nationalist religious partners, uh, captured, uh, a solid majority in Israel's Kessinet or their parliament. So... I mean, essentially, you're like, okay, that sucks, but it's not like, uh, what is it, Lapid was, you know, a super cool guy. It's not like, you know, his coalition or whatever was doing anything super great, especially when we're talking about the Palestinian people, you know, the other people who are here who are supposed to be part of this whole, you know, two-state, you know, whatever thing. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm, I'm kind of crumbling here. But essentially, he's in power, but like I said, he's backed by an ultra-nationalist coalition that he took to kind of get the majority he needed. 
Um, let's see if I can find the guy. Guy who really upsets me here in this conversation. Who I, I mean, obviously Netanyahu already fucks fucks me up the wrong way. Um, you know, if you've heard any of our previous episodes, you know, this is a guy who has just reckless abandon when it comes to the Palestinian and Arab people. He only cares about you know, you know, quote unquote Israel, the Jewish people. That's it. Um, and I, I mean, obviously, I understand the situation. You're you're coming to, you know, your homeland from your perspective and your people are here and you want to protect them you don't want to see any harm done to them but at the same time we've covered a lot of stories just on this podcast alone just in a small span of time that i mean to me are just clear cut like you are oppressing the palestinian people like there's no ifs or buts about it um but this inamar ben gavir guy i mean this dude this dude is a hard, hard customer. Um, let's see. He's built a career on confrontation with Palestinians and espouses anti-Arab views that were once largely confined as to an extremist fringe. So, I mean, this guy, like, walks around with a pistol. Um, he's called Arab lawmakers terrorists and a call for their de- uh, deportation. Um, also, it definitely is going to be a push of anti-LGBTQ, um, just, I imagine, policies. Um, I also think, like, he's, like, the right-hand man, but essentially, um, he, um, wants to, like, be in charge of the police. And there's another guy who wants to be in charge of, like, the defense ministry. And neither of these guys are cool dudes. They're, they're both pretty, pretty... Not, not great. Um, but here's a story I wanted to, that really just made me jump out of my skin for a second. Uh, Ben Kavir says he wants to end Palestinian, Palestinian autonomy in parts of the occupied West Bank and maintain Israel's occupation over Palestinians now in its 56th year indefinitely. Until recently, he hung a photo in his home of a Jewish militant who murdered 29 Palestinian worshippers in a 1994 mosque shooting in the West Bank. So, that's gruesome. Like, I I don't care what your your opinion is on it, whether you, you view Israel should have the state or not, whether... What are your thoughts on Palestinian oppression or their terrorism, quote-unquote, whatever? Hearing some shit like that should stop and make you say, what the fuck, man? Like, why are you glorifying that moment? Like, even if you fully believe in this shit, that should not be something you're revering as like, yeah, what a great day. What a cool moment. I had to keep that snapshot. That snapshot keeps me going, dude. That's like seeing my kids in the picture. Like, that that, that threw me off. That, that really fucked me up, and I don't like it. Um, other thing I don't like, uh, they kind of talk about some other people who like, kind of give, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu some props, uh, Georgia Maloney, Italy's new far-right premier, congratulated him via Twitter, oh, excuse me, ready to strengthen our friendship and our bilateral relations to better face our common challenges. And now I'm going to shift to a quick tangent here, sorry about it, but on Maloney, I heard this week that her and her party have been clamping down on raves in Italy um, for reasons of it's like a public nuisance, disturbance, um, 
So they just wanted to clamp down on it. No good. Uh, also, though, they've been allowing more or less, you know, alt-right, you know, nationalist rallies, like, I think at Mussolini's grave? So that's fun. That's cute. Uh, hella balanced. Awesome. Um, and then also Hungary's nationalist Prime Minister Viktor Orban, who is, you know, a Hungar- Hungarian Donald Trump, like, I know that gets thrown around a lot, and I'm going to use that reference again later in the next bump, but he's definitely one of the guys who I would say walks the walk and talks the talk, and I say that to the point of this man has been at, like, you know, Republican conventions, and he's held, you know, like, he's held the convention in his country and led it, been the keynote speaker, and, I mean, he's hitting all the notes, saying all the phrases, you know, he's... He's in the blood, if you will. Um, But let's see. Um, So, yeah, I mean, a lot of talks of religious Zionism. Um, It's definitely something that, and this is stated in the article, that, like, I mean, obviously we have a strong relationship, America and Israel. That's just a founded thing. You know, we were big push to get them to have a country. Um, So it's like we are supposed to have, like, a, you know, a separate but equal kind of thing going there between Palestine and Israel. But often it's just one of those things where we kind of head past the situation and say, okay, it's fine. We're doing our best. We're getting there. We're really working towards it. But we're not. This conflict has been ongoing and it's still going to keep going on. Um, In terms of like the Palestinian response, it's not really stated here, but from what I've heard, it's just more or less shrug emoji. They're like, yeah, we're not surprised that you guys got worse. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some shit that's popping off. Like I said, though, Lapid was not doing much. The guy who was also leading beforehand, I can't remember his name. Sorry, sadly, sorry, whatever. But, I mean, the, the oppression just seems to keep rolling on. And that, to me, is the sad part. I completely understand Israel needing to be a state and having a nation and having their own, you know, autonomy, you know, with all the shit that they've been through. But... I don't feel like it gives you the right to oppress another group of people who were there when you came and started occupying it. Whether or not you want to go through history and say who got what, where, spiritually, whatever, who died, whatever, Jesus, this guy, that guy. I don't know. I don't care. Like, I just don't. I actually know Jesus is not involved. I know. So don't, please, just community, don't come for me on that part. I know. But like, it's just weird, man. It's sad. It's sad and weird. And it's one of those things where I hate it that like when you look at the world and you just see how conservative it is and like how we could just be so much better if we could just work together across across the world you know what i mean like i think about this a lot since i got into this podcast even more like utopia is something that technically is a possibility but the way the system is it just no one's like no we need to make more money we need to make more for us 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 and when we mean the us it's everyone at the top everyone at the one percent and you just don't care about anyone else man and you make these weird religious moral arguments about this that and third and it's just like man i just just wish that we could all be people and we could all eat and live and have homes and not have to worry if we're gonna get blown up or not um so i'm saying all this i'm going into a dirge but I'm going to hit my smoky breaky. 
my little uh my little break oh this is an opinion one sorry this the next one i'm using as an opinion it's an opinion article but i'm just gonna kind of riff off of it sorry about that um some of these articles are a little bit hard to find this weekend but you know we're we're doing our best Okay, we're back. Um, the next one I got <coughs> from MSNBC. Um, Brazil's <coughs> Jair Bolsonaro may have wanted to pull a Donald Trump. Here's why he couldn't. So this is uh, my little bit of coverage on the Brazil presidential election. Um, essentially... Uh, Bolsonaro didn't win. Lula won. So, hell yeah. Uh, we're happy to hear that. We're happy to see that. Now, Bolsonaro, once again, some scans coverage I've done. But um, essentially, he was the Trump of the tropics. And he was also a man like Viktor Orban who walked the walk and talked the talk. He came from a military background. Um, part of the reason why he was elected um, kind of came in the vacuum of Lula, who was the the person before him, the president before him. Um, let me see, let me get his whole name right. Luiz Inacio Lula da Silva. Um, essentially, you know, both of these guys were populist presidents. Um, both were running on that kind of ticket. I will say though, in Lula's situation, I feel like the things he was doing and supporting is just once again. I mean, it's it's left. It's it's leftist tendencies. I'm going to gravitate to. You know that if you're listening to this podcast, that that's just what I'm about. Like it's not new, <laughs> but um, definitely he had more ideas that were saying like, hey, let's n- stop deforestation. Like let's make that not happen. Um, whereas like Bolsonaro was like. I want Brazil to move to the future. I want Brazil to be more industrialized. And he's saying that at the cost of indigenous people who are living in the Amazon and the Amazon itself and the climate, because the Amazon is super integral to the climate and our our shit is already fucked up. So making that worse is making everything worse. Um, All for money, all for greed. It's not good. Um, Now with Lula... Something I learned, you know, listening, researching, um, you know, he had power, was in power, but there was corruption in his, um, you know, his government. Now, you know, some it has been like a little bit of alleged in terms of like him specifically because he gets put on charges of corruption is actually put in jail. But later, um, his conviction is thrown out. And not necessarily, like, done, but they're saying, hey, like, these technicalities are real. We have to, like, observe this. He needs to be let out, and it needs to be, you know, taken from his record that he is, you know, was convicted of this. So he was allowed to run again, and he did, and he fucking won. So, ole, 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 lula, lula. 
I wanted to sing that even though I'm sick, <laughs> but we did it. So that's cool. I'm stoked about that. Um, it was a very narrow margin. Uh, two million votes were the difference. Now, that's already edgy. That's already crazy. But like I said, Trump of the tropics, Yellow Bolsonaro, he was talking that shit hard. He was saying, look, this is already shady. This shouldn't even be close. Because in the polls, Lula was way ahead. Way ahead. Essentially, there was other parties and groups and coalitions and stuff that were involved here. Um, but, like, Lula was way ahead. At least in the polls. But, um, Bolsonaro is saying, that's bullshit. Like, he's saying in these rallies and stuff, he's like, look at all you guys. Look at you. You're all here. You're all here for me. You all are here to come out and vote for me. There's no way that Lula's going to win this shit. It's impossible. And if he does win it, there's something wrong here. It was rigged. He was already calling fraud in advance. Um, he was, there was already like a lot of talk of corruption and in terms of like, um, voter fraud so in order to like combat that essentially brazil has moved to an all-electric situation so electric ballots now you know bolsonaro is already saying well that's fucked up then because how can we check it what if there's like a hack what if there's like you know yada 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 this that and third so he's just doing the classic fucking thing and i mean shit we're doing our midterms here that is rampant Everyone is running off of Donald Trump's playbook on the conservative end, um, on the right, and it's very scary. Um, it's it's scary, and it's a little bit of a tangent here, but it's scary to have people watching you at the ballot box, sitting there in balaclavas with their cell phones out, because in some places in America right now, that's happening. That's a thing. Like... And on their end, they're saying, hey, we're trying to make sure that there's an honest election. But, like, literally, that's illegal. Like, you cannot do that to that extent. You're allowed to, I guess, be there, um, but with the intent to to um, record someone and things like that, that's a no-no. You can't do that. But these people are doing their damnedest to try so that they can harass people that they think are bad actors or whatever, a.k.a. the liberals, the left. And, I mean, these dudes are active. And, honestly bringing it back to you know brazil that shit's ongoing here i don't have an article pulled up you know we can kind of see we're freestyling a little bit here but um there were roadblocks put up after lula won um by bolsonaro supporters and these guys are no different once again than the people in america they they're like this is this is rigged this isn't real and bolsonaro he really did try to larp so hard he really did try to wrap the energy of donald trump he channeled him he didn't say die he didn't say I lost, but, oh, excuse me, Ooh, it's coming out, Milwaukee's best, <laughs> um, but he tried to say, oh, excuse me, there's the last one, I'm trying to think, I lost my train of thought in those burps, um, he was gonna say nothing, that, that was the goal, he was gonna, you know, fight it, you know, take it to whatever courts, do whatever, shit, like I said, the people who are supporting him were putting up roadblocks trying to like just clog the like you know thoroughfare roadways whatever um crazy ass shit and that's still going on but now bolsonaro has kind of come down because he looked around and said oh shit people are already saying lula won like in in government 
And if these people are already supporting the transition to power, what the fuck can I do? I'm isolated in this regard. Um, but like I said, back to Bolsonaro supporters, they're calling for Bolsonaro to like, you know, intervene with the military or just the military to intervene. This is crazy. Stop it. And it's like, no, you guys are, are wiling out and you need to relax. Like, it, it is insane that this has become the narrative worldwide that if you lose, you can just say it's fake. You can just say it's fucking fake. Um, once again, I'm zigzagging. I'm jibber-jabbing. But um, what is her name? Um, Carrie Lake. I was going to say Ricky Lake, and I'm so glad I didn't. But Carrie Lake... Um, she is running for a position, I believe, in Arizona or Arkansas, one of the ones today. But, I mean, she's holding fast to this logic. Like, people have asked her, so what's going to happen if you won? Like, she's like, well, like, she kind of gives, like, a little bit of a pause, but she has an answer. She's like, I mean, I'm going to, you know, say that it worked. But it's like, but if you lost it, it's fake? And it's like, more or less, yes. And And her supporters are backing it. It's crazy how... This logic is just so viral to people. And people play team sports so hard that they're willing to to fight the process. Um, I remember when Hillary Clinton lost, I didn't go, well, um, uh, this is rigged. Donald Trump rigged the game. No, he just won. He just did the populist thing and it worked out for him. Um, so yeah, I mean, now granted, Lula did win. But I think it's going to be a struggle for him to get the coalition, kind of to bring it full circle a little bit to the Netanyahu thing. He was able to get back in power, and he's back in power with a vengeance because he has a coalition majority. So that's important. Um, I mean, granted, it's not the full thing, but um, with Bolsonaro, or with uh, Lula, Lula, sorry, it's different. He's going to have to fight tooth and nail to get the numbers he needs to get things going, to keep government flowing the way, you know, it should, and to get his policies and stuff that he wants to enact going. But like I said, a lot of people have said good things about Lula from what I've heard. Um, hopefully that wasn't just like, you know, cherry pick stuff, but I don't know. I, I, I am optimistic about that, even though it's not anything that has to do with me. I definitely, like I said, doing this podcast, I feel like it, it gives me a chance to kind of look at things from a bird's eye sometimes. And um, it, like I said, even though I feel like this world is very socially conservative these days, um, it gives me hope that there are people out there who are pushing to um, make that change, even if it's by narrow margins at times. The hope is that, like, we can keep fighting and push the shit over, you know? So maybe that's the good news for this week. <laughs> um but at that point, this point in the podcast, it's pretty much over. So thanks for sticking around. You're a champ. You're, you're a real one. And um, it is the top of the month. So you know what that means. It's a Newsy Roll Call, baby. Um, it's short list, of course, but it's a dynamic duo. I love you guys. You're my Newsies. Um, Stephanie Renee. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, your queen. Denver McIntosh, thank you, thank you, sir. You're you're a king. You know that. You know that. Um, you know, obviously both these guys are actually my friends, so it's always dope to like interact with them online. 
but then also know that they're supporting me. It makes me feel really warm and fuzzy. Um, and if you would like to give me that warm and fuzzy feeling, you can via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Um, you don't just get a shout out once a month. You also get access to the bonus episodes I try to do. Um, you know, a little extra content. I mean, I keep it pretty loose on the free episodes, but I get a little looser sometimes. I talk about a little bit more um, gossipy stuff, rag stuff. Um, but, you know, every once in a while I will do some updates. I actually did uh, talk about David DePappy on there, the Paul Pelosi conspiracy shit. I had to get it out. Figured that was the best place kind of for the timing and the load for this weekend. Um, you also get Discord access if you'd like to use that. And, um, what else is there? Uh, that's more or less it. I kind of did this a little bit backwards this time. But let's see, free way to, um, interact with me. Hit me up, give feedback. Gmail.com, just Isaiah News 1. You can find me on there, hit me up there. Um, you can find me on pretty much all the socials. I'm on Facebook still. Maybe not the metaverse, but I'm on Facebook. You know, the 2D. Uh, Twitter. It's on fire, but I'm dancing in it. Uh, and uh, Instagram, you know, you can see the little uh, thumbnail pictures and stuff like that. I have a messenger if you want to use that, I guess, whatever. I don't know. You can comment. Forget about it. Because all I get is spam bops on there. It's the fucking saddest. But, um, yeah, that's more or less it for the episode. But hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.